if you can get your user community to buy into, you know, hey, these people over here have built some really cool stuff that would help you, and you've built some really cool stuff that would help them, if we get them to believe that and to start to share that knowledge, that just changes the game for everyone. Welcome to Modern Business Operations, where we talk with leaders about how ops is adapting to our modern world. All righty. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Modern Business Operations. Today, I am joined by the awesome Elizabeth Duke. Elizabeth Duke is a VP of Pre-Sales Operations at Informatica. How's it going, Elizabeth? How's your day? It's going well. We actually have a little sunshine here in Kansas City for the first time in ages, so that always makes me happy. There you go. Yeah. I live in Southern California, and I know people think it's always sunny, but we had a very dramatic two weeks of rain, which we all consider to be way too much. So we're back at it with the sunshine and and very happy about that. I haven't been more excited about an interview in a long time than this one because I'm learning something completely new. And I think anyone listening into the call right now is in the same boat as me. We're going to talk about demo ops and what that means and what that is and where it comes from and how it can kind of help the go-to-market function from an operational standpoint. So before we dig into that, I want to just ask you, how did you get to your current role? What's your background? What brought you to Informatica in this role right now? Well, you know, I think everybody has similar stories, right? You just sometimes end up somewhere and think, wow, how did I get here from way back there? But I worked for a competing company many, many years ago. And then I stopped doing that and I took some time to be home and do local consulting. When my son was in high school, it was just better to be here than on the road all the time. And then a friend of mine was at Informatica and I knew about Informatica. I'd competed with them for years and he called and said, you've got to come work here. This is great. And so I did 13 years ago next month and I was a sales consultant Then I moved into management and I managed the inside sales consulting team and a team that we called Global Solution Services. And that's kind of how the operations stuff started. So we didn't really have operations before for technical sales or pre-sales. And we had little bits and pieces of it here and there, things that had to do, like people had to have demo images that showed up from somewhere, but we really formalized it and, and created this whole group that's a global group now that manages a lot of things besides just our demo infrastructure. But that's the big one for demo ops that, you know, we created this project two years ago, I think, and we've done a lot. (laughs) We've done a lot. I can only imagine. So you were a sales consultant then you moved into this role full time after that. Yes. And what got you into sales consulting? What were you doing before that? I was doing post-sales consulting, which is implementing and setting up systems and configuring things. And it was like being a full-time employee in a lot of cases at our different customers. And someone said, you know, if you're in pre-sales, you get to see different people all the time and you get to solve different problems every day. And that was way more exciting for me. And I know everyone has sort of a different take on that. But before that, you know, I have a computer science master's degree and I was a developer. That was my very first job out of college, and I was writing code, lots of code. And then I was actually at the phone company in Chicago, and someone said, you've got to talk to this company. And so I did, and I've been in the vendor, software vendor world ever since. 
Interesting. So you found that more appealing than software engineering. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun to solve problems for companies and not just one big project for one company, but to be talking to lots of different companies all the time. So I guess it comes full back around because I really am solving problems for one company for Informatica now. But my customers all work with all the other customers. So I still hear the stories and I still get to influence some of that work, which is pretty cool. Right, right. And you're having an impact on a bunch of different use cases as opposed Mm -hmm. to the same one. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Well, that's a great career progression. People listening in always want to know like how people got to their current roles. So we have computer science, software engineering, sales consulting, now running the pre-sales motion. I'm curious, for those who don't know, what Informatica actually does. Like, what is the product you sell and, you know, in what space, et cetera? I always compare us to, like, your house, if you didn't have plumbing and electricity, you would really miss it. We're kind of old products in a lot of ways. We have some other things, too. But it's just all moving data, cleaning data, securing data, mastering data, understanding the structures of data, knowing that you have data in an old NetEase or Teradata or Oracle database, and you want to move it into the cloud, into Redshift or Snowflake or Databricks, or you want to build analytic systems, or you want to build operational systems, all the stuff that you need to do with your data to make it work in all of your other systems for all of your other processes. So that's what Informatica is. So we have now, what used to be when I started, everything was on-premise, mm-hmm. and big, heavy installs and big, heavy products, and now everything is the SaaS-based product and We are uh, cloud only. That's what our CEO keeps telling us. We're cloud only, we're cloud only, we're cloud only. So it's been an exciting transition to be here, but to stay in the same data space. And actually, we were just at our sales kickoff meeting last week, and our marketing CMO, he presented our new sort of what we're doing, our tagline is bringing your data to life. And I love that because that is what we do. We help companies realize the best they can get out of their data And I think people are realizing that companies are starting to realize that data is a very valuable asset. And to see a company go from on-prem to cloud and to have been there that whole time is Mm -hmm. such a rare experience that most people have never had. It's been a ride, a wild ride. (laughs) And you got survived and you thrived. It's been fun to see the change and to watch the progress of the company. And it's really exciting. And we have some really good technology. So And we use it, you know, we use our products for every project that we can, which I love too, that we're not just selling it, we're using the products to manage our own business. What's a good example of a good customer for you guys? Oh gosh, you know, when you look at Fortune 100, 1000, 5000, we we have high percentages of those. So industries, if you look at government agencies and financial services and retail and healthcare, and we're in a lot of companies that are out there. Yeah, and yeah, if you go to I imagine it just this up, you can see lots of customer testimonials. Got it. Okay, yeah, because I was just thinking, like, that's a service everyone kind of needs. So it, it's yeah, like, how, yeah. do you, how do you narrow that down? Right. Um, <laughs> that's the hard part. Yeah. Everyone, everyone could be our customer. <laughs> yeah. Good place to start. Cool. Well, I want to talk about demo ops. So did it come up internally? And is it something that, that's becoming more widely known, or is it more just within Informatica at the moment? As far as I know, we came up with it. So the manager I had at the time, we were talking, and back in the day when we had on-premise products, the product specialist teams would create demo images in a virtual machine, 
and everybody would download that. And then it was huge. So you probably have to download 10 huge files and then unzip them and connect them and make it all work. And then our laptops, you couldn't buy a laptop that was big enough to run all of our products because Mm -hmm. we had so many more and they required, you know, memory and cores and all that stuff. So that was when we first kind of dipped our toe into putting virtual machines in AWS. And so Mm -hmm. we were doing the same thing, but it was just taking those machines and letting people have access to them in AWS and then Azure and then GCP. And now OCI is coming up. And how do we work with Snowflake and how do we work with Databricks and how do we share resources effectively around the world with all these demo resources and all the systems that we interact with. And so it was the wild, wild west at first, Mm -hmm. like everything when it's new. And there was really no governance around these images. People could ask for an account and they would get their own account and they would be able to do anything. And the nefarious actors of the world are out there and they're attacking things and you have to apply a layer of security to everything. And so we were securing Mm -hmm. systems and we had to really centralize the knowledge of how to do that in an operational team, because we wanted to make sure that everything we do is secure, no matter where people are running it. And, you know, you don't want a ransomware attack on a demo image. That's <laughs> You delete the yeah. demo image, that's not a big deal, but it's a thing right. that you don't want people to know, oh, Informatica was attacked. So we started looking and trying to figure out how we could get our arms around this huge conglomerate of things that were out there. And we knew every asset needed to have an owner tag, every instance, every image, every S3 bucket, you know, we need to know who to talk to if we had a problem with that thing. So that was sort of the first part of this. How do we figure out who owns all these things? And then we want to secure them. So there are security agents we wanted to install. There were like software inventory agents we wanted to install. And we had this whole conversation of, you know, this is a huge problem. How are we going to do it? And we were looking at configuration management with Chef and with Ansible. And we ended up picking Ansible because we didn't have to have Ansible installed everywhere. So we went through a a whole lot of iterations and decisions about this. And now we have a system that is very automated. We have a whole Ansible framework that is going out and looking at the world every few minutes and seeing if anything new has shown up and making sure that it gets shut down if it doesn't have the necessary tags that we require. We automatically shut things down, you know, with our running schedule. Like if you're done at five o'clock in Chicago and your machine is still running, it'll shut down for you automatically. And so there's just a lot of things that we've put in. So if you think of DevOps, traditional right. IT DevOps, it's that except demo systems have a different nature than a lot of like IT systems. So you would expect that things that are running your production just stay up and they run all the time and, you know, you manage them in a different way. But we Mm -hmm. have, say there's a workshop and we need 50 copies of something for people to use. Well, we'll spin up 50 copies. They'll do the workshop in that day and then those go away. So how do you manage that and make sure they're secure? It's different than how you manage something that stays up and is running all the time. So we have some demo images and standard demos that we've created from whoever the specialists that have created them around the world that Mm -hmm. have to be up 24 seven because they support global operations in global demos. So someone in Australia could do a demo with that system. And then later in the day, someone in India is doing it. And then later in the day, someone in Spain is doing it. And then it moved to someone in North America. So we really needed to figure out how to have global support for these machines and images and other assets that could either be really persistent or could be very temporary. And they're sort of different ways of looking at the world. And so that's where we came up with demo ops. And that was phase one, was like the governance and figuring out how to manage all this. And phase two is what we're getting started to do this year, and it's going to be way more exciting. This episode is brought to you by Tonkin. 
Tonkin is the operating system for business operations, providing businesses with the building blocks to orchestrate any process with no code or change management required. Contact us at Tonkin.com to learn how you can build complex processes fast. And if you're interested in staying up to date on all things business operations, join the Adaptive Ops community at operations.community. Well, I'm excited to dig into phase one. Interrupting this chat, we have a, a question from our live audience. Thanks so much for writing in, Alicia. Alicia said, just curious, is Informatica like Calibri or Alation? We compete with both of those companies. Okay, got it. So, yes. They don't, they don't cross our entire product suite, but, yes, we compete with both of those. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Alicia, for the chat. And for those listening in live, continue to put your questions in. We'll answer them as they come along. Okay. So, so much information to dig into here. How did you get internal buy-in for a project of this scope? Because it's pretty massive. I mean, it's sort of its own team that you created, right? So So we had buy-in before we started from our IT team and our information security team because they've been asking us lots of questions that we couldn't answer. How many of this thing do you have installed? How many of these security problems do you have? You know, it's that sort of thing. So they wanted us to do this. They didn't know how we were going to do it, and we didn't know how we were going to do it at first. But those questions we can answer now. So if I get a call from someone on that team and they say, how many machines do you have running? I can answer that question. How many of this? How many of that? So that was sort of the price of admission and being a good citizen at Informatica. So that was buy-in definitely from there. The harder buy-in was with all of the pre-sales teams who were like, that's a lot of work. We don't want to do all that. We don't want to add all this. We don't want to go fix these security problems. We don't, we don't have time. We're selling. We're selling. We're selling. So we worked with the managers. We worked with individual people. We were on countless calls. Now we have a system that sends automated emails every Monday if there's a security problem found. And, you know, hey, it's this machine. It's this problem. Here's how we recommend you fix it. So the buy-in, that was probably what took the longest, was the internal team buy-in just because we were asking them to be a little bit more responsible and do a little bit of work up front. Now it seems like they're pretty well trained to know, hey, if I create this new thing, I have to have an owner tag. I have to have a running schedule. I have to have, you know, all these things have to be associated with it so I don't get that email (laughs) or they don't shut it down. Yeah. The goal, don't get the email. I'm going to backtrack a little bit to what you mentioned earlier. I assume most people know what this is, but just to, just to clarify, what are demo images? So our cloud products, we don't really need machines for, like if you think of your laptop and you're showing someone a demo on your laptop and you had everything installed there, the image would exist on your laptop. But now we have still this kind of mix of our on-premise technology and our cloud technology. And our cloud technology has a thing called a secure agent that runs and it needs to be in a machine like on a laptop. So an instance of the machine is equivalent to a computer, basically. Mm-hmm. And an image is like a backup of that or something that you can't run. Did that answer your question? Absolutely. Sure okay. did. So you got internal buy-in. This is a huge undertaking. What positive impacts does this have on the go-to-market function? You know, actually, the biggest thing initially, and this is sort of an ongoing thing, People had stuff out there that they never used. And so we were able to delete a whole bunch of stuff. So we saved money by doing that. And it really makes it easier for just the normal SE or specialists that we have to find what they need and to use it and, you know, do their demos. 
So that I think is the biggest thing. We built what we call OpsWeb, and one of the guys on my team is just a brilliant application developer, and he had already built things like you can go in and you can look for the things that you own, you can start and stop them, you can configure the tags on them, you can hit a button to make a backup of them, which you can then copy for someone else on your team who wants something like what you have, but they want to make a little bit of changes to it. So he built this system that does a lot of that. And it lets them have self-service. So mm -hmm. I think that we've just been adding more and more and more capabilities to the self-service as we've gone along this project and realized what would help them. So that was always a thing what's going to either help them do the things that are required, like adding tags, or help them do their job a more efficient way without needing to open a ticket with our team to ask for help. So right. that's kind of the goals, the two-sided goals of how we're doing that. I mean, so this is really enabling SEs to just go out there and crush their demos in a whole new way, because oh. I'm just thinking about my own company and there's an a la carte demo, a special demo made, et cetera, and being able to see everything that's available and sort of copy paste it in for your specific need is so valuable. Yeah. And that's always the copy paste it in for what you need is, I don't know, that's what we're always chasing. Yeah. So we have a lot of that is available, but more and more and more. My new manager, like this year, the big thing we're looking at is she's like, I want to build a wrapper around all of our standard demos and have people go and say, oh, I want a financial services demo that fixes this use case that a customer would have. Click and they're right into the environment that they need. Or I want to build a custom demo, but I want to start with data that has this characteristic and I want you to build it for me behind the scenes. That second part mm. is this year in a big way. And that's a really hard problem to solve. But we've solved yeah. our problems and it's exciting. Wow, you guys yeah. could package this as its own product. <laughs> oh. I know any sales engineer listening in is like, I want that. So how can others emulate this in their own go-to-market function? Say, you know, at a smaller company, maybe they don't have a whole team they can dedicate to this, but like small wins for something similar to this. I think the first step really is just understanding what's out there in the world and that was really our first step is what's out there. Actually, this week, we keep asking, are these all the accounts that are associated with sales? And one group says yes. I asked a new group last week, and she's like, why, no, here's all the people. Here are all the accounts that I cross-charged for you. I'm like, I didn't know about these 10. So it's sort of an ongoing, always, always thing. And I think getting your hands around the inventory of what you have is the biggest first step. And however you decide you're going to do that, we've decided to build database tables and we have all kinds of reports. We use Tableau and Power BI for reporting and Grafana, actually, for some of the Ansible reports. But that's a hard problem to solve. And then yeah. I think if you can get your user community to buy in to, you know, hey, these people over here have built some really cool stuff that would help you and you've built some really cool stuff that would help them. If we get them to believe that and to start to share that knowledge, that just changes the game for everyone. And if you need to do configuration management, Ansible has been great for us. So we did a lot of research into DevOps, and then we thought about how we can apply those concepts to demo ops, and that's kind of how we started. I don't even know what other configuration management tools are out there, but that was the hardest initial step was figuring out how we were going to do that and how we could address all of those things. Because we're talking about public cloud and how do you secure the communication. And so there's, there's just a lot of stuff underneath that had to happen to make this all work. 
Yeah, makes sense. Okay, we have another question from our live audience. How do you measure the efficacy of this function and impact on the business? So we knew a couple of problems that we were looking for immediately, and we started measuring how we were, you know, like we started with maybe a thousand machines that had a problem, and then it was, it went down to 500, and now I think we're down to 43 or something, and that goes up and down depending on what machines exist and what don't. So that's one measurement, and that really is an impact to the business, not necessarily to selling, but that's just as important, right? You know, you don't want to put your business at risk and you definitely want to be cognizant of the costs to the business. And then I think the next step is really it's helped the conversation between the different teams, especially globally to say, Hey, we've built this thing. Can you use it too? And so Mm -hmm. those conversations are happening and there's, it's just a much easier frame of reference and, one of the next things that we're going to work on is which demos helped close which opportunities. So we know like super high level with our main global demo, which we call unity. And if people use that, they mark that in their activities and they say, we use the unity and we can tie that to closed opportunities. But I think that's really the next step is getting that information from the activities that the people who are using the systems yeah. In and say, you know, I used this and this is how it helps. So stay tuned. That's something that we're trying to get more and more information on. 100%. Okay. So since this is an internal thing, I mean, we're exposing it to the world right now on modern business operations, but DevOps is fairly new. Where do you see the future of it going? Well, I think our ultimate goal would be able to have these widgets that just work in the background and create these demo systems. But it is, you know, building up the system where we can say, I need retail data that points to this use case. So I can create my custom stuff on top of it for this particular opportunity. Or I want to use this standard demo, but I need to bring this extra thing in to help me with it. So it's getting to the point where it's a little bit more flexible and we can matrix the demos with the content, with the stories, with the use cases, And that's our goal. Okay. That's the future internally. Do you think other people will pick this up? I would expect a lot of software companies are doing this and maybe not calling it demo ops and may or may not be formalizing it as much as we have. Yeah. But I think you have to do something like this if you're selling software. Yeah. Well, I like the way that there's a focus and a team and a name, and we're learning about a new ops function, which is always fun. Okay. Before we close out, I'm just going to, Give a shout out to our live audience. If you have any other questions, please feel free to drop them in the chat. We have a couple more minutes here to answer them. Elizabeth, if people want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to do that? My email is eduke, E-D-U-K-E at informatica.com. And I'm on LinkedIn. I think you're just Elizabeth Duke Informatica. If you Google it, it'll come up on LinkedIn for sure. Yeah. And if you go linkedin.com slash I-N slash E-L-I-D-U-K-E, that's me. Boom. Someone's asking if they can hop on for a live question. Unfortunately, we don't allow live questions, but you can definitely put it in the chat. Or send me a LinkedIn message or an email. Yeah. Okay. They're curious if this function is particularly relevant to certain types of products or industries. That's a really good question. You know, I think it's relevant for any company that sells software because you sell software by doing demos in a lot of cases or custom demos or proofs of concept or proofs of value or whatever those technical proof points are. And to manage the images that you have or the systems that you have or the number of 
orgs that you have set up if you're SaaS-based to do demos in, that it's all relevant, I think, to any company that sells software. Any company that sells software, there you go. And I also think it's a scale function. Like, I think a lot of this isn't necessary until maybe your go-to-market team is a little bit larger, I would imagine. I I would agree with that. I I would say, though, if it's smaller and you think it's really easy, that's the time to start thinking about it Mm. before you get really, really big, and then you have to fix a really hard problem. We had to fix some really hard problems. And if we had known or even had the thought to think about this early days of the cloud world, it would have made life a lot easier. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. We are running out of time, so I will let Elizabeth go and really enjoyed the questions from the live audience. Thank you so much. And thank you, Elizabeth, for teaching us about something completely new. I really enjoyed talking to you today. Yeah. Thanks, Brianna. I enjoyed talking to you too. All right. Have a good one. All right. You too. Bye, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Modern Business Operations. You can see the show notes and all of the resources mentioned in today's episode at tonkin.com slash mbopod. Thank you for listening and be sure to subscribe for updates on future episodes. 